Good morning once again, everyone. It's good to see everyone here on a Sunday morning. The, the last Sunday of the year happens to be New Year's Eve Sunday. And uh, I was, I was uh, going over this message before I went to bed last night. And I, 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 what I do is I go back and forth between the computer and my paperwork. And uh, I came across... There is, there is at least one church who, has, who have canceled worship service this morning just because it's, Christ, uh, because it's New Year's Eve. I sat there and looked at that, and I'm like, what on? But they're going to have uh, a hangout time later on this afternoon with games and fun. And I thought to myself, and I don't know those people, and I don't know anything about them or who they are. I just thought to myself, what, what, if the, what if the Lord comes back today? What, what if Jesus shows up today? What, what's he going to find us doing on the last day that we have on this planet, the last Sunday morning that we have set aside to worship? Our culture set aside Sunday morning for worship. So that's what we're doing this morning, and I'm glad to be doing it. And I'm glad y'all are here with me to do it. And I'm glad all those online right now that are watching us are with us for the same purpose. Because we are about to start another year if the Lord gives us another day, right? Nobody's promised 2024. Not one of them. And if we go home after church today and go uh, to our homes and, or wherever we're going to go and do whatever it is we're going to do, as we would normally do on Christmas Eve and act like uh, we're going to have tomorrow as if it's guaranteed, then we're uh, playing a dangerous game, if you ask me. A year is a long time. If you, well, as I get older, they get shorter, don't they? <laughs> I, remember, I remember when I was in uh, grade school and even, even the 6th, 7th, and 8th grade time, summers seemed to last a lot longer than they do now. And when my son went to high school and, and, and junior high, summers didn't last as long as I was like, man, I remember we was out longer than he was. And I started feeling bad for, for my son because I'm like, man, he didn't get no summer, number, summer break. Because <laughs> I was like, it seemed like I aged a whole year before I ever went back to school after summer. But as we go on and as life happens and time keeps ticking, it just seems like it goes by so fast. I remember like it was yesterday standing right here talking about the new year 2023 about to come in. Like it was yesterday. And a lot happens in a year for everybody. There's nobody that I've ever met that said to me, man, this whole year nothing happened at all. I just sat on the couch, and we didn't move. We didn't do anything. Nothing happened. I'm still the same. It doesn't it work like that, does it? The world keeps revolving. The universe keeps doing what God created it to do, and we are along for the ride. The question is, is how are we riding? How are we along for the ride? Are we enjoying the ride? Are we uh, hanging on for dear life? Are we... Uh, trying to tell the engineer how to drive the ride? <laughs> Are we trying to get off 
Are we screaming, hey, stop this thing so I can get off? What's going on every year as we reflect? Because everybody reflects. I, don't, I think it's a natural thing to do. Especially when society tries to shut down a little bit because it's a Christmas Day or Christmas Eve or New Year's Day or New Year's Eve. Things start to shut down a little bit in some places. So you're almost kind of forced to stop for a, or at least slow down, put it in the lower gear at least, and you start thinking, man, everything that happened in this one year, 2023. And here's the difference between believers and those who aren't believers. Are we looking at what God has done this whole year? Or are we going to be in the crowd where we're lamenting and complaining and in, in sorrow over how terrible the year was for us? Now, I'm not saying if you're a believer, you can't have a terrible year or even multiple terrible years. Especially in those years, we should be able to see the Lord in our lives. See? If we are those who believe. Now, how many of y'all, and you don't have to say what it is out loud, how many of y'all have New Year's resolutions that you're planning to engage in? Right? I think, I think most people think about it. Some people even intend to have a New Year's resolution. I think it's because it's... Uh, thought of as, okay, that's what we do as a society. That's just what you do. Some of the statistics that I was able to look up, I think they're old statistics, but they may still be applicable today, say that about 60 to 65 percent of society make a New Year's resolution every year. Okay, and then obviously the rest of them just don't do it. 8% of that 60-some percent are successful. Hello? Y'all are looking at me like, like, a, like a deer in the headlights. You're like, what? <laughs> Rethinking your resolution, right? It's like, well, maybe I shouldn't even try. I'm not against resolutions. I'm not against trying to make some new commitments or evaluate yourself and do something that you think needs to be done or stop doing something. Whatever the case is, my question is, why are you doing it? Why do you want to have a New Year's resolution? What, what is the purpose? Why do you see the need for it? Especially if we know that most are not successful. And I'm, not, I'm saying there's been times in my life that, that I've tried to have a New Year's resolution. For some reason, that New Year is a time to do it. And uh, how many of y'all made it past February before? How many of y'all made it to summer? Some, Right? Every now and then, if you pick an easy one, say, I'm going to try to give you a hint. Pick something easy. I'm going to eat more barbecue this year. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> right? Just pick an easy one and then put another couple difficult ones with it. And then you'll, you're setting yourself up, right? So you can at least be successful somewhere. <laughs> it depends on what, <laughs> depends on what you, how you look at it, right? I'm going to go to Dr. Less, or I'm going to go to Dr. Moore. I'm just going to not go at all. Uh, I, I, after we're done with the message, maybe I'll answer that question, okay? <laughs> uh, the biggest question is why, when we reflect. Why are we reflecting? 
Are we reflecting because we are heartbroken and stressed out and depressed about the negative things that have happened that are real and that have affected us negatively that are hard? Or, or, or are we spending the last day of the year moving into another day, Lord willing, saying, praise the Lord, it wasn't worse. (laughs) Praise God, he gave me the strength to deal with those horrible things. To God be the glory because he's been faithful through this whole year. Or maybe it wasn't a hard year. Maybe it was a great year. Maybe it was the best year of your life. We should still be praising the Lord for that blessing. We should still be lifting his name to him be the glory because he's so awesome and amazing. And if it's his will, I get to have another year to live for him. Now, some people, I've known some people that's like, man, that's the best year of my life. I don't even want to start another one because why would I quit while I'm ahead, right? Because they know that it's not always great. It's not always mountaintops, life. It's not always valleys either. It's not always darkness, hardship, trouble, stress. But with Jesus, there's always peace. And there's always joy to be found. And Lord willing, if he gives us 2024 or any part of it, we would recognize and look for his presence in our life, his blessings, his guidance, everything that makes us who we are. You, you want to be successful? You want, you want to, you want to be, uh, you, you, want, you, want, you want your life to be better than what it was before? Even if it was great, don't you want it to be a little better? And if it wasn't, if you struggled with some things and maybe there's some repentance to do, you want to be able to do those things? If you're a believer, you want to honor God that way. If you're a believer, you want to live a life that's worthy of Jesus dying on the cross. In case you haven't noticed, we're going to be in Psalm 25. It's on the board up there. But I'm going to read some other scripture to you. You can try to catch up as I read them. Here's what James says. Well, I got to get to James first. Here's what James says in uh, chapter 4. In chapter 4, in verse 13 to 15, just a snapshot of what James says about life. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such a city and spend a year there and engage in business and make a profit, yet you do not know what your life will be like tomorrow. You are just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills, We will live and also do this or that. James is, I mean, me and James, the book of James, we have this love-hate relationship because he just bluntly puts it out there and I have to deal with it. And it's all valuable and it's all truth. What he's saying is, to sum it up, Your plans are not the Lord's plans. If you are in Christ, if you're a believer, then you've surrendered to the Lord. Every single day belongs to Him. 
whether you get another day or not is dependent on the Lord. That has a good chance to give one of your final, final amens for 2023. This is your last chance right here, y'all. Because if the Lord gives us another year, we're going to start up some new 2024 amens, right? But he's like, look, he's like, he's not saying don't make plans and don't think about your life and don't dis- decide what you're going to do with your life or how you're going to raise your children or how you're going to deal with your grandchildren or what you're going to do, what the church is going to do this year if we get this year. We're not, we're not going to say we're not going to make plans and pray about it, but we're going to surrender to the Lord's way. And we're going to live in the day. Right? We're going to live in the day. Because if we worry about summer, if we worry about spring, or if we worry about next Christmas now, we're going to miss out on the beginning of the year if the Lord gives it to us. Right? So, some, people, some people are already worrying about Monday and Tuesday. And we ain't even got halfway through Sunday. And if you're living in Monday and Tuesday while you're walking in Sunday, then you're missing out on Sunday and whatever the Lord might be doing. You see, the Lord wants our full attention every moment of every day. And he wants us to live every day as if it's our last day to live for him. Right? And I'm preaching to myself, y'all. It's been most of my life, if not all of my life, learning how to not worry about tomorrow. It's hard, isn't it? It's hard. The closer we get to the Lord, the easier it becomes. Now I want to read uh, Psalm 25, verse 4 and 5. Two verses out of Psalm 25. David, the king... David, the king, uh, the, the man after God's heart, keep in mind. He's a man after God's heart, not because he was a perfect man, but because he loved God and he wanted to serve God the best he could. And we all know from reading our Bible that David was not a perfect believer. He was not a perfect follower of God. He fell into sin on several occasions. But he was still a man after God's own heart. And here's... Here's one of the many reasons why that would be. Here's David writing down some words of prayer, lifting up his heart to the Lord and his soul. And in the middle of it, he says in verse 4 and 5, he says, Make me know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all the day here's my challenge for you all for 2024 lord willing take these two verses of psalm 25 and put them on your refrigerator put them on your bathroom mirror put them somewhere where you will see them every day put them on your phone if you have to where when you turn your phone on there they are somewhere where you will have to read those words Every day for the whole year. Why am I saying that? Why am I challenging you with this? Because if we're going to make any kind of commitment to ourselves, certainly we should recommit ourselves to our Lord every year. 
if we're going to make any resolution at all, we first should resolve to stay true to our commitment to Jesus as our king. Right? Because after all, whatever any other resolution we would have, whatever any other commitment we want to make to better our lives or to change our lives, we certainly would need the Lord to help us with that. Right? And if we're living in Christ and we're walking with Christ and we have the Spirit of God uh, 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 working in our lives effectively as Scripture teaches, then why wouldn't all of these resolutions that we could ever think of, why wouldn't they become a little bit easier? We could change that 8% success rate couldn't we because here's the here's the thing about resolutions and i'm gonna point at myself when we make resolutions we're trying to change something we don't like maybe it's not a bad thing totally but maybe we're just trying to say you know what i could i could cut back on this a little bit it's not a sinful thing it's not a bad thing but maybe i could find something better to do with my time than to watch so much television or so many videos or whatever you do. Or, or, or maybe I could spend my, my time, more of my time in prayer. Maybe that's a resolution. Maybe I'm going to spend more time with the Lord. All of the things that David is asking for is going to help us in any resolution you could ever think of. Let's break it down. I'll show you why. First off, in verse 4, he says, Make me know your ways. Oh, Lord, teach me your paths. Now, listen to me. If we're going to say amen to David and his prayer, if we're going to say we're in agreement with that kind of prayer, get that spiritual seatbelt and just snap that thing right across your lap. Because you're saying, David is saying, Lord, make me know your ways. He's not saying, help me know. He's not saying, give me an opportunity to decide to know. He's saying to God, Lord, I need you to make me know. For, do something for the knowledge to be a part of who I am. And if you and I are going to say amen to that, and I think we should, then we have to be ready for God to respond. Because isn't that what God wants for us? To know his ways. How do you know that God wants that, preacher? Because he left us his ways for us to have and read. <laughs> we live in a part of the world where there's nobody stopping us from reading this Bible. There's nobody preventing us from knowing the truth, knowing his ways, seeking his will. It's right here. And God has given us his spirit to help us to know these things. It's not just having knowledge, y'all. It's having an intimate awareness of. Not, not my ways, not your ways, not our ways, not the American ways, not the whatever other country you want to name ways. His ways. Isn't, isn't it? Isn't it the, one of the most challenging things in our culture? There are so many people who uh, claim to be believers, and yet we all believe something different. 
about the way the Christian life should be lived. Now, I will admit that the application of God's truth can be different in different lives. But the truth doesn't ever change. The truth is always the same. The understanding of it should always be the same because it's the same Holy Spirit that brings that knowledge of God's ways into our hearts and minds. So what's the problem? It's a surrender problem. It's a surrender issue. When the Spirit of God keeps saying that's not the way of the Lord, and you say, yeah, but I want to do it this way, surely God will understand, then we're not allowing God to make us know His ways. And that's why we live in the 8% success rate when we're trying to make resolutions and commitments to ourselves. We can't even, we can't even be faithful to a commitment to ourselves, y'all, let alone a commitment to God. You see how much we need the Lord here. Right? I'm not trying to be discouraging to you. I'm trying to encourage you. I'm trying to say we have everything we need to be successful and to grow and be better every year, every day. Isaiah chapter 55 and verses 8 and 9, you can just make a note of it. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Can Imagine yourself. Do this for just a minute. Imagine yourself. i got to get this thing in another gear. Imagine yourself uh, believing that you're going to walk into some kind of holy boardroom and sit down with the Lord and discuss how things are going to go. As if you have a say. As if you get a vote. Now, I'm not saying the Lord don't conversate with us and try to teach us and help us grow and convince us that his way is the way. And, it, and he'll allow us to go whichever way we want to go, doesn't he? He doesn't prevent us. He doesn't force us to live in his way. That's why David is saying, hey, Lord, <laughs> I'm, you know what? I know how I am, and you know how I am. You're just going to have to make it obvious so that the desire in my heart is so great that I would want to live in your way. And then he says, in, again, in the rest of verse 4, he's like, teach me your paths. You know how many paths there are? Limitless. Because we have free will in this world. We're living in this world. There are so many roads to travel. But guess which one's the best one? Y'all know it. God's way. And, and that would be described as the narrow Nobody wants to go down a narrow way. Because when, you when you're traveling down a, a wide path, let's say, for example, if we're out in these mountains on a trail and we have a choice between a wide trail and a narrow trail, I'm picking the wide one because I don't have to pay so much attention to where I'm going. If I pick a narrow one, I have to watch every step I'm, I take for I might trip over a, a root or a branch or get stuck in the eye with some thorny thing that's sticking over you have to pay attention to every little thing when you're going on God's path. You guys know Psalm 23. Verse 2 says what? He leads me in what? Paths of righteousness. He's faithful. He leads me in the right way. He leads me in his way. He leads me in such a way on a path that makes me holy because he's holy. And leads me away from the things 
that don't honor him. See, ultimately, David's prayer is that he's not asking the Lord to just force him to love, uh, force David to love God. He's asking God, hey, make it so that I don't want anything else but you. Show yourself to me in such a way that I'm just overwhelmed by your holiness and your presence that I just cannot be distracted by any other path in any other way. And then, uh, so, so of course you understand the big idea already is that God's will is the right way. It's God's will. That's why I put on the screen up there, that's why I put on there, uh, uh, Lord willing, in 2024. If, the Lord, if it's the Lord's will that we get another day, January 1st, 2024, then it should be the Lord's will that Oak Grove Christian Church continues to make disciples for another day. In the way that the Lord would have us do it on the path that he would have us travel as we're seeking his will, as we're seeking opportunities to love people and to love God. We cannot, we cannot be successful in honoring the command of making disciples if we're not on his path. So, Lord, help us. Right? Amen. Oh, oh, oh. No, we're like, we're like, no, you already switched it. It's over. <laughs> we're almost done, y'all. Verse five, verse five. <laughs> lead me, he says, lead me in your truth and teach me for you are the God in my salvation. For you, for, for you are the God of my salvation. For, I, for you I wait all the day. So not only is we asking, David's asking for the Lord to make him, to, 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 to make him uh, see him and make him know his ways, but he's also asking for to be taught the right direction. He's teaching me the what's good and what's bad. Teach me what's right and what's wrong. He's asking for guidance. How, how many hard decisions have you had to make over the last year? A lot. Every one of us. Hard decisions. I mean, life-changing decisions. Should I do this? Should I do that? Should I get this? Should I, what, should I say that? Should I do this? And it just goes on and on. But if we don't have the Lord to show us the way we're not paying attention, then we'll be lost. And here now he's saying, look, lead me. But not only just lead me, he says, lead me in your truth. Lead me in your truth, Lord. This is the biggest challenge, I think, that we face in today's world. In the body of Christ, this is the biggest challenge. You remember when uh, Jesus was, be, was arrested and he was on trial and uh, Pilate comes before him and he says what? He asks him a question. He says, what is truth? He's like, what is truth? And he, I think he genuinely wanted to know the answer to that question. He wanted to know, okay, how do we know what truth is? How do we know what it is? Because they're saying... What's th what they know is true and they're saying what they know is true anybody who's paying attention in this world today there are many Christian folks and other religions 
and other worldviews, other political views. Go on down the list, and every single person is saying, I know what's true. So much so that we have discussions amongst each other, and we're saying, we don't know who to believe half the time anyway on the news. We don't know who to believe in society anyway. Everybody's saying what, they're, what they know is true. Including us. We're saying that what we know and what we believe is the truth. The absolute truth. How does anybody know? David, David, David understood this. He's like, how does anybody know what's true in this world? This is why David was a man after God's heart, because he knew where to go to find the answer to the question. He, he sought the Lord. He's like, hey, hey, he says, don't, not only just lead me, don't just lead me randomly, lead me in the truth, your truth, Lord, not my truth, not my neighbor's truth, not some other nation's truth, your truth. Are y'all ready for that prayer to be answered in your life? Are y'all ready for that prayer to be answered in this next coming year, Lord willing? I hope you are. I don't know if I'm ready. I want to be ready. But what if his truth offends me? What if his truth makes my life harder? What, what if his truth, his truth challenges me in such a way that I actually grow in Christ? Right? What if I discover, y'all, think about this. What if we discover, what if, what if we, we discover that there is some little truth about God that we thought we understood, and then suddenly, through the Holy Spirit and His Word, and our surrendering to it, we discover, hey, what we thought was true wasn't really the best understood, wasn't really true. Maybe we missed it. That can happen, can it? It can happen. Here's the hardest time when that happens. Here's, here's the most challenging example of when that happens, we can't handle it. When, when, when the Spirit of God convicts us of some sin in our life, we, we have trouble receiving that truth. I know you don't want to say amen to that, but we do. We're, when the Spirit of God cuts us to the heart about something, maybe, maybe for some people, maybe for, uh, for any of us, it could be that 2023 was, could have been better if we would have just surrendered in the beginning of that conviction instead of all year long fighting the truth. Trying to justify, well, that's not really what that scripture means. It means something else because we don't want it to mean what it means because it means we have to admit that we're wrong and that we've sinned and that we have to repent. Even if we know that repentance brings us into the grace of God, which is the best place to be, it's the right path to be on. But we still fight it, don't we? Raise your hand if you like to be wrong. I didn't think so. Nobody's gonna, I don't like to be wrong. You don't like to be wrong, but let me say something. If we have to be wrong to know what is right, then we should pursue being wrong. Make, make sense? I don't mean we're, we want to be wrong and we want to chase being wrong, but if we're wrong, I want God to make it obvious to me if I'm wrong so that I can fix it, so that I can participate in getting it right. Because we can't say this prayer. We can't say, God, hey, uh, make me uh, know your ways and teach me uh, your path and lead me in your truth and then not follow 
Because the, here's, the, here's the reality, y'all. God has been answering this prayer since David uttered it. He's been answering it for every one of us. Every day of our life, he's been doing these things. He's doing it today. God is doing these things today. The question is, are we engaged in it? Are we engaged? I'm going to read John 16 real quick in verse 13. This is what the Spirit of God, how he's involved. Because Jesus promised us the Holy Spirit. It says, but when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak of his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will disclose to you what is to come. This is what Jesus said about the coming of the Holy Spirit into your lives, into the lives of the believers. And I want, I want to think about these words really quickly. He's saying when he, the spirit of truth, whatever the spirit of God reveals to your heart and your mind, you can take to the bank as truth. You don't have to question it. You shouldn't really wrestle with it as much as we do. I think God's grace covers us wrestling with it though, right? As long as we're striving to receive it. But this is the spirit of truth. Here's what's interesting. It says, he will guide you into all truth. This is Jesus' promise. This is our Lord. This is our King, our Savior, saying that the Spirit of God will guide you into what's true. Don't you want to be where truth is if you know it's the truth of God? And so here's this Holy Spirit given to us so that he can lead us into the truth. Here's what's amazing, the way Jesus describes this. He says, he says, he will not speak on his own initiative. Talking about the Spirit of God. He's not going to speak on his own initiative. Hello? It says, what he's, but whatever he hears, whatever he hears from the Father, he's going to say to you. Hello? We got connection to the Father. We can communicate with God, y'all. Because of Jesus and his sacrifice. And the presence of the Holy Spirit. We have everything we need to live in the answer to this prayer from David. He will disclose to you what is to come. I wrote down the big idea of that verse. The big idea of that verse is that he says whatever, uh, 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 he speaks not on a, of his own initiative, and then I, I wrote down a little note, okay, if that's true about the Holy Spirit, then why on earth would I ever do anything different? Why would I speak on my own initiative if I'm a, if I'm a Christian, if I'm living for the Lord, if, I, if I'm, a, if I'm a, an ambassador for the kingdom of God on this planet? Why would I speak on my own initiative to anybody about anything? If the Spirit of God doesn't do it, why should I do it? Now we have to go back to James, right? Because James is like, ah, that tongue's a powerful thing. Gets yourself in a lot of trouble and hurt a lot of people. All right, I'm finished. In the end of this, he says, you are the God of my salvation. In other words, what does it mean to be a God of anything? Lord over master of you're the god of my salvation 
That's, a, that's, a, that's just a fact, a statement of fact. I'm only saved because you're my God. And if it weren't for you being my God, I have, would have no hope, and I could care less what path I'm living on. And there's total destruction. And if that's the case, then New Year's resolutions are out the window too, by the way. Because who cares, right? Salvation is a journey, y'all. Working out our salvation with fear and trembling. It's a journey that God has called us to live out with the help of the Word of God, the truth of God, and the Spirit of God so that we can be His witness. His ways, His path, and His truth. How many of y'all can't wait for the Lord to answer some prayers every now and then? I get impatient sometimes. I don't get mad at God. I mean, I'm, hopefully I'm respectful to the Lord, but I just get impatient. I'm just like, man, how, what's going on here? I, I get, I get uh, rattled when I don't know what's happening, especially in serious situations. But God is teaching us how to wait for him. I don't know what 2024 is going to bring. Lord willing, we're going to live 2024, and we're going to see a lot of things happen, good or bad. Lord willing, we might make some disciples. Lord willing, we're going to be experiencing his blessings. Lord willing, he's going to give us strength and courage to get through hard times. Lord willing, uh, we're going to see our Lord one day. Notice this says, I'll wait for him all the day. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna confess something to y'all. If if the Lord hadn't blessed me with such an amazing wife, I would I would probably be one of the greatest failures of all time. Just saying that. However, I do everything I can do to be to wait for her when it's time to wait for her, right? She's not terrible at anything. I'm just impatient. It's like, here's a slight example. This is a silly, slight example. I'm driving down the road. We're going to the grocery store. We're just going to pop in and get a gallon of milk. So I'm going to pull up, and she's going to jump out, go get that milk, come back, and I'm not even going to get out of the truck. I'm just going to wait. I pull up. At the door, and she, she don't even have to walk three steps to get in the door. And she's getting stuff out of her purse. And I'm like, why aren't you ready to get out? Well, you've, you've been riding for 10 minutes. <laughs> I'm like, get out of the truck. You're supposed to be ready to go. <laughs> I never complain. It's just something silly that I do. I'm like, you ain't got to do nothing but ride. You should be ready to get out when it's time to get out. If that's my only complaint about my wife, then praise the Lord, right? <laughs> yeah, she's going to make me get milk from now on myself. What I'm saying is, I wonder, I wonder how many times we get that impatient waiting on the Lord's guidance, waiting on him to show us which path, waiting on him to show us the way, not even realizing we're already on the way. We've been on the path for so long. We just don't feel like we're on the path. We're not seeing it. See, 
We're not seeing the blessing. I'm not seeing the blessing that I even got a wife that's willing to go get milk while I sit in the truck. <laughs> you understand? It's, it's that simple, y'all. It's that simple. And if we're going to live out 2024, however much the Lord gives us of it, in a way that honors him, let us endeavor to seek his ways, to seek his path, and to seek his truth. And God help us to live in all of that. I love you. I love you, and the Lord loves you.